Episode 65, August the 19th, 2013. The Return of the Beast, and ours one. Hello everyone, and yes, we are finally back. We hope to share with you another exciting season full of trophies and history in the making. We have sorely missed recording the show, and we apologize not having enough time for the podcast at the end of last season. We hope to have set enough failover devices and people to never let you without your share of weekly red and white passion. My name is Ricardo Mendez, and it is a huge honor to be here again with my great co-host, with me, as always, from Miami is my blood brother, the great AtleticoFans.com editor, Martin Slowly Cabron. Rosa now, how are you, Martin? Oh, really, really happy about the way we started off the season, man, and really, really pleased to be able to talk to you guys again. You mean the speech of mine? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your speech. <laughs> not, not the thumping win in Sevilla. That had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I really like <laughs> that phrase, the thumping win. We'll get back to your aftermath. I also have... Germany, the soul of the German Peña, the proud Centuria Germana, our beloved Suzanne Offerman, who writes for AtleticoFans.com and MadridAtleticos.com. She is one of the core members of This Is Atleti and has been helping with the immense amount of community management that we've been doing since mid-last season, and I hope you've been appreciating it. Um, Susan, how are you? Welcome back. Hi, I'm fine. You're sounding a bit low. I, I, I hope it's not the hour. No, no. Just readjusting my mic. It's better now. Yeah, much yeah, better. Much better. Okay. So let's start with you. Um, as as Martin was saying, uh, thumping win. Uh, I have to say, the way the first half was going, even unexpected win, um, because uh, let's face it, 40 degrees, August, such as Pijuan, it's not um, a perfect. Uh, uh, setup for for getting an away victory to start off the season. By the way, every single time Atletico Madrid has started with a win at Sanchez Pijuan, we have become champions of that league. That's the bread and white fact of the week. So, wow. <laughs> go ahead. What did you? Um, uh, how did you see the match? What, what, what highlights do you want to bring to the table? Well, um, I waited day that. Um the win yesterday was the first time since the season 2006-2007 that we were able to win the first match of the season. So I remember all those draws we had in the last year, the last seasons, and I wasn't I wasn't really expecting us to to win that match. Um, but uh, actually, I'm quite quite happy with you. Right, the first half was not that that good. We've seen better better first first half, but I was quite quite happy about the team um, still fighting, still waiting patiently, and in the end um, using the opportunities they have with the great Diego Costa, mm-hmm. a hell of a match, and yeah, I was quite 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 happy with the with that. Uh, pretty impressive, pretty impressive match by by Diego Costa. We'll get there. Um, Martin, very impressive, the beast. I mean, um, I, I saw pictures of you with his jersey. Uh, new idol. Um, I, I remember last um, uh, last season, uh, Derek wouldn't take seriously when uh, when some of us were believing that we we had a, a real star here in Diego Costa. Well, I couldn't believe it myself when I was saying it, so I'm not going to take all the credit there. Um, uh, Diego Costa is just incredible, and his his growth as a player is doesn't seem to have uh, a limit anytime soon, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, against like all the evidence, it seems week to week, you kind of forget. You you think about Diego Costa and so many years where he was playing on other teams, you kind of would forget about him. He'd go under the radar. Um, oh, the clumsy and, player that we um, we used to see in him when uh, he was a backup for Cunaguero and Forlan. I don't know if you had that feeling, but I had a feeling of clumsiness and sloppiness. Um, awkwardness, yeah. Yes. And then the other thing was overweight. He'd come late. Remember the obviously. The, yes. The, the, yeah. That, the I I lost my my phone. 
story. Right. He lost his phone, gets the preseason three days late. So, I mean, even now, like, I, I love him. Like, I love not him. like not a serious professional, and now he's, like, the most professional player on, on the roster. It's, it's hard to deny that he's he's a superstar right now. Uh, yeah. Just remember how he finished last season. Uh, the last game of the season, he scored, you know, the last two goals for us coming off of the Copa del Rey win where he scored the game-tying goal, you know. So, I mean, it, like I said, week to week, it, it's like you forget because you think back to all that time when Diego Costa was really like a nobody. It felt like such a huge drop-off thinking of Sergio Aguero, Diego Forlan, and then, okay, yeah, yeah this guy Costa. And this somebody uh, because we couldn't afford anybody else. Right. That's, that's the type of feeling everybody had in the stands. Exactly, but then you look at the results every week, you know, dating back to last season, even before then when he was with Rayo, and he's undeniably a talented, you know, extremely lethal forward, you know, mm-hmm. and he, everything you can ask for. And he's just getting better and better. Yeah. And yeah. and there is no glimpse of where the limit actually is, so great. Right. And, and he scored 10 goals last season, two in the last match. I mean, 10 Liga goals, two in the yeah, last match. Yeah, and he's match. the Pichichi of the Copa del Rey. He yeah, and, uh, players, so. he started this season scoring two goals, so the last four Liga goals have been scored by, by Diogo Costa, another impressive uh, figure. And we also have Coque to put into the equation. Maybe you want to put in some words for Coque. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, as I said in my aftermath, they have that kind of chemistry, the Heisenberg quality chemistry. Mm-hmm. All those Breaking Bad fans would know what I'm referring to, <laughs> uh, special quality meth. <laughs> uh, but um, no, uh, as we know, Coque and Costa, their their connection has been lethal, dating back to last season, last night. It seemed like he had two assists, but then all the replays showed that uh, Miranda on the first corner kick, just barely got his head uh, to redirect the ball into Diego Costa's path. So he was credited with the assist. But apart from that, uh, yeah, Coke has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And as me, me, um, as Susan is telling me um, over the chat, and Costa's just 24. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Um, Susan, um, midfield. Mm, I'm going to address this to you because you're a huge Mario defender and uh, I think that the heat is on Mario now. Um, how do you feel and do you think it's really fair to put all the debate on whether um, Mario is falling behind in the level that the midfield has and maybe he's deserving a spot on the bench? Well, actually, I, I read a good tweet on, on Twitter last, last night somebody saying in Spanish that it's neither the fault of Mario not the, nor the fault of Gabi that Atleti did not sign Capoe or uh, Tulalan. They're doing their job. They're doing it okay. And Mario was not that bad yesterday. Mm-hmm. I remember that, that, that clearance um, where he, um, um, he reflected the ball in the, in the defense so Sevilla didn't score. So uh, he was not that bad. So um, I don't think, what kind of alternatives do we have? Okay, so um, basically where the debate is, uh, uh, people are saying, Koke is so excellent and Oliver is like um, asking for a spot on, 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 the, on the starting 11 and he's, he's pounding on the door. And you can't deny that you need your, your talent on the pitch and you, you can't take all that out. The question is, who do you bench? It's either Mario or Gabi, and I think that Gabi brings more balance to the team and, and can do that underground defensive game. Uh, maybe he's more adapted to that type of game than, than Mario, and, and if you're, you're bringing in more offensive players, you really have to balance the, the team and maybe bring Koke to a defensive midfielder position and, and, and play Arda and, and uh, Oliver up front, but hey, that's just my theory. Um, what do you guys uh, think about this issue? I, I've always personally felt that Koke should play DM alongside Gabi. I know 
Suzanne's probably got a little voodoo doll next to her right now with my picture on it, and she's stabbing it repeatedly. But <laughs> no, no, I do think that if Gokhe played in that in that role, uh, he would offer us a little more explosiveness—not even a little, probably significantly more, uh, like dynamism in the midfield. Especially how we continue to rely heavily on a counter-attacking style. Um, well, it's not always pretty. We saw it last night. None of the match, it's hard to say that in the midfield things uh, look good, ever look good for Atleti. You never say, wow, look at the way they move the ball around. No, it's always, uh, a, a, whenever it's effective, it's a lightning quick style. And mm -hmm. we've got all the right pieces, basically, with Diego Costa especially. Mm -hmm. And I guess, I'm guessing a lot of the attention yesterday was on, on Villa, but, and, and Diego Costa took advantage of that. Uh, Suzanne, Villa, what's your opinion? How did you see him perform? Well, actually, I think he was, he was having a quite, quite, quite decent, decent match for his, for his first one. You see the difference in, in his, in his physics, and, uh, I think, uh, he's really had a hard time with, with, uh, the preseason with, uh, with Ortega. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I, Diego Costa stole the show a bit when with his, with his score, uh, with, his, with the goal he scored, and um, but. Uh, oh, but isn't that isn't that great? It's like oh, um, Atletico is turning yeah, this yeah, that, that you you don't have to follow one single striker. You have to be on the lookout for either. Yeah, that that, that that's true. It's uh, it's it's kind of good, but. I, I, I think just like the, the the focus was more on yeah how will we yeah do how will how will he do and that was just like the Costa show. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad thing because uh, as you said uh, we need a set of of different uh, strikers and not only one because being dependent on only one striker is, is always a bad thing. Um, so yeah, um, I think we have a score as goals but. Uh, he was doing okay yesterday, so... Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... No, on Villa, um, I think coming into the season, we thought, okay, uh, is Villa going to get 20-plus goals? You know what I mean? That was kind of like the number that we were kind of hoping for. And just after one game, it's like, is Costa going to get 20-plus goals? Right away, the the that, that kind of shift as to who's our, our star forward has gone to Costa... He's on, the spotlight's on him, but I think and I really hope that throughout the season is that that spotlight's going to shift back and forth, back and forth, where where they both benefit from the attention that each one is getting. Uh, I love that Bia. He, I think something that was evident right away compared to Falcao uh, is that he does offer more control. Uh, he holds the ball a lot better. You're really confident when he has the ball that he's not going to lose it. I remember often Falcao would get a long pass, and he was a little clumsier when it came to uh, receiving passes uh, just outside the box. He would, you know. Hey, but don't, kinda, you, don't you think that we've lost a bit of that uh, feeling of danger that the rival that's had? What I was going to say. The okay. thing is, Bia has that control, but we don't see that, you know, as right now we don't see it, I guess. You know, it's too early to tell, but he doesn't have that. that power. Yeah. And then Falcao would get into this zone when that like nothing was going to stop him from scoring a goal. Mm. And I think that that's what, you know, the jury's still out on Villa as far as it, will he be able to bring that to the table? Will he be able to, to have that kind of confidence where, you know, he gets the ball in front of goal and he's just going to score. Mm -hmm. He had a really close chance yesterday. Uh, the, uh, Beto just got his fingers to, I do have the feeling, um, well, I, I have to say to Emery's merit that um, Sevilla looked pretty good. And uh, um, the the preseason work that Emery had done with the team um, was pretty outstanding. It was, I was expecting a much weaker Sevilla, and, and Sevilla's going to be a strong side this year, which um, gives yesterday's uh, victory much more merit than it, and um, I thought it would initially have if we got away with a win. Um, I did have the feeling that Villa was gelling with the team, and and um, I didn't see him specially lost. I don't know if you guys have the same feeling. He didn't look, he didn't look lost. He, he, seemed like, he seemed like a part of, of the team. So. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so um, why, don't, why don't we talk a bit about the three substitutions? Um, everybody was looking towards Baptista. Let's see if he does something interesting. Um, um, standing ovation for for Oliver Torres, and all of a sudden we get this Cebolla Maradona uh, play uh, mm -hmm. from the right, just incredible, yeah, um, dribbling dash. Um, the, the team is just in an excellent shape, and and I think that we're facing the Barcelona clash in the same way that we went to uh, Monaco last year to face Chelsea, mm, leading in the physical edge, and that could probably make a difference. I don't know if you guys have the same feeling, especially with the players that were coming out uh, from the bench, which is normally an issue, not a value for, for Atletico. Well, uh, yeah. Last night, um, that first substitution, I'm sure, uh, brought a lot of smiles uh, around Colchonero land when Oliver, when we see Oliver coming in with 30 minutes left to go. The bad thing is that it came at the expense of somebody like Arda, who for sure you knew was going to be, well, you'd expect to be disappointed with coming off at so early. Uh, there could be arguments about it, like, for example, Cholo could say, you know, he had a yellow card with less than one minute of play and maybe that was conditioning his game. We didn't really see him, you know, perform. Yeah, but it looked like a type far. of no BS message from Simeone um, substituting both Villa and Arda. That's supposed to be most yeah, of our right. lethal power. Right, right. But could it be that he's also saving them for the Super Cup on Wednesday? Could, could also be, could also be. You know what I mean? So it, either way. Uh, and then, yeah, it, it was nice to see Leo come into the game, uh, and then that Cebolla play was just... Oh, but weren't you when Cebolla was about to um, come into the game, like, okay, whatever, some Cebolla minutes. And then it's like, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> he like decided the game because um, it, it was still in, in the danger zone until um, we got that goal. That was like a closing goal. Yeah, yeah, and then, uh, but, but I mean, we came to expect from Cebolla last season, whenever he came off the bench, he really did, you know, create a huge spark most of the time. And he struggled often, you know, when he was in the starting lineup. Mm -hmm. So it didn't come as too much of a surprise that Cebolla changed the pace of the game at the end, you know, with his, with his speed and, and his, like, his guts, really, mm -hmm. uh, to just, just tear through and, and score that goal. Uh, Susan, any any comments on the substitutions? Uh, I think Charles Simeone was uh, did a good job of the, the substitution. You could uh, clearly see a difference in in a midfield in in the movement of a midfield when when Oliver came on. And yeah, with Suboya, uh, the goal it was like if if Messi had scored that goal, it was um, we would be talking about the press would be talking about it for days. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, true. Um, well, I, I was telling Martin before we started to record the, the show that, um, one of the things that I miss most about the off season is not reading your, your red and white aftermath. And especially because you, um, you really, um, do a good job in, in condensing all the post, uh, match, um, events and news. And and yesterday, um, I think that one of the things that hit the headlines was um, Diego Simeone really brushing off being a favorite for La Liga, like saying, "No, we we're we're not up to that level." Do you think it's like playing safe, or does he really mean it? Uh, I think he really means it, but at the same time, it's right away taking out, you know. Not having any pressure on on the players whatsoever, right away. I mean, I was at a same press attitude, conference, same yeah. Mentality where it's day by day. You know I, I, mean? I was at a press conference today, and uh, um, they they brought um, Gabi, Philippe, and and B out, um, uh, like revving up for the for the Super Cup uh, uh, first leg, and. Um, this, the message was the same, but I think that there's a there's a red line that they cannot cross between we are not um, pressed by having to be um, to having to fight for La Liga, but I think that third position for this team is an absolute must, especially in this um, exodus 
uh, period where where most of the La Liga talent has gone to basically Premier League and Bundesliga. I don't know if you guys, well, and, and also to um, Calcio. I don't know if you guys have the same uh, feeling that um, Atletico shouldn't be so quick to brush off um, their responsibility for, for being third. I think that it's an obligation for the team, especially after the really horrible five years preceding the last uh, two, which have been wonderful. Yeah, they're definitely clear-cut frontrunners for that third spot. I mean, that's it. Like, there's no there's no excuse this season not, not to repeat our performance from last year, and I think it's just going to be a bonus if we somehow finish ahead of either Real Madrid or Barcelona yeah. and miraculously get a second place. But anything you know? that isn't a maybe neck-to-neck um, um, losing the position in the last um, uh, week uh, for third spot, I think that it would be um, something of a failure. At least I would I would have that opinion. I don't know if I'm being too demanding here. I think I could live with, quali- you know, the qualification in fourth place, but it would certainly be a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And a total failure, not, not qualifying for Champions League. Yeah, yeah, completely a disaster. Fiasco. Okay. Um, Susan, <laughs> fiasco. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the point that, that this, this year our, our main goal has to be to qualify for the Champions League and on the first spot. I mean, Charles Simeone was right with saying the league is, La Liga is boring with Barcelona and Real Madrid. They are just off the record. You always have to put your fingers onto the first two spots of the table and the rest is interesting. Um, so I think uh, we should really try to get the title of the best of the rest. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's you know what's funny? Actually, there's nothing more oh. we can do. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, what's funny is that last year, you know, he was asked a similar question and responded in, in exactly the same way. He said, La Liga es aburrida. The league is it's, it's boring. And then he, he received a lot of flack from that, and he spent days defending that very comment where he's like, well, I don't mean that it's boring or anything like that. But And then right away... First game decision, he says the same exact. Thing. Right, I think he, he's he's trying to slide the message across until it, it just I don't know until everyone yeah. receives it. Um, well, moving on, I, I can't stop um, recommending everyone to stop by Atletico fans and and uh, reading along with the rest of the of the interesting post your your aftermath. Uh, but I really appreciate it. It's very flattering. Yeah, especially because I, I know how much effort you put into it and how many yeah, yeah. hours it takes you to put it together. Quite a few, well, right? It's a, it's a fusion of opinion, stats. I try to add a little humor. Sometimes it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's part of it. Those are your Solo two, comments. Those are your, two cents. those are your two cents. Worth four, four cents at least. <laughs> yeah, 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 at least. <laughs> um, pre-season. I think it's a, it's been a pretty good pre-season. Uh, um as to results, and it's been utterly disappointing uh, when it comes to signings. I don't know if you had that feeling. I was expecting something like this. I can't say I, I, I wasn't expecting this. I don't know if we have this on the record, but uh, if I've spoken to any of you, I, I was thinking that things would go this way and that we would probably never see Diego and even though I would have loved to see him, and, and that our signings would basically be second-line players, backup players. Um, it's like nothing to get thrilled about, but there are a few interesting pieces and bits. Um, I'm especially excited about Jimenez and Baptistao, and I just think that the Michelis and, and well, uh, Bia can be a, a great signing, uh, well, we gotta we gotta mention the Demichelis kind of situation there. I, it's kind yeah, of awkward. I was, I was gonna leave it in your hands now. Uh, okay. But Demichelis and Anthuria is like um, filling holes, and I don't think that the uh, mm, aspiring uh, third outfit should be filling holes. They should be planning um, a team in a serious and long-term way. And I don't know if this filling holes type of strategy will work beyond. Um, Simeone's magical touch. I'm pretty convinced that it will not work um, once Simeone loses his magic touch or someone within the club uh, gets him so angry that he just leaves the club. Um, and I just think that the whole team is is based on, on Simeone's talent to 
extra motivate the team and and make them overperform their actual selves. I don't know if I'm being maybe too critical with uh, with the real level of talent that we have. Um, we have that that's on the surface. We have a lot of quality. Uh, we definitely well. I want to say we definitely need uh, a Diego-style player, but then you look back at at the results, and while our style isn't pretty, I've always said it's not a pretty style, it's effective. We win, you know. Most of our games last season, we won. We won La Copa del Rey, you know. I'm not not worried about beauty if it comes to winning. (laughs) (laughs) Well. What are you worried about then when when it comes to yes, those? Yes, I'm just I'm just uh, I'm just thinking that the 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 team is not deep enough, and that when the going gets tough, the team will not be ready. And it's not just facing Barcelona and Real Madrid and having four very embarrassing weeks a, a year. It's going out to Europe and uh, making a fool out of yourself. Um, if if you manage to to pass the the group stage and uh, I'm just I'm just worried that I don't think we have enough to go out there and compete at the highest level against um, most of the sides that um, are. We definitely, have shortcomings, in, we definitely have shortcomings in in key positions. Uh, who you know it, it would be a major drawback or you know a decline in quality if Philippe can't play, for example. We saw that often last year. We suffered tremendously whenever he couldn't play. If Arda can't play. You know, it, it's really bad for us. Uh, how much depth do we have at right back? Uh, I think we'll, I mean, if Demichelis ends up staying, he, he came, he signed this summer, and immediately he wants to leave, which I think is a bit of a bruise on Simeone's ego. If that's yeah, but, but, but can you blame him? No, no, no. Uh, not really, but as a, you know. But can you even blame, the, the, can, can you even blame the club? I mean, if it's any other club. That's being honest with the money and not what Atletico is doing, like hiding the money they get for every single signing, uh, every single um, sale they're making, like they're doing this season. And, and well, if if you're paying taxes, we'll just say you're paying taxes, but don't hide away the money and just say no, money's gone. You know, we've got this salary cap, and uh, no, no, it's not the salary cap; it's uh, the, a commission problem. No, you think we'd be more not... forgiving if they were more candid and they just said, "Listen, we've got to pay these taxes. We're trying to." I think that information is always positive. And uh, I think I can agree there. Aleti is I'm turning into this huge black hole, and um, we have um, Dani Hidalgo from AS uh, telling us what the Atletico training facilities is turning into, and we've heard it from other journalists as well. Um, Amaro was from Marca was complaining today on, on Twitter. Um, being at Atletico training facilities is turned into this huge Guantanamo Bay. You can't um, move to the left or to the right if you're a journalist. But if you're um, a standard guy from the street, you can walk your way around the, the training facilities. It's just ridiculous. The same thing happens in a certain way with money. It's like, where does all this money go? It's like we're getting a lot of money. And I'm absolutely sure that they're paying debt and, and, and they're just uh, really urged with, with payment deadlines. But god damn it, just go out there and, and say so and say what the problem is and say that you're not going to spend more than, um, four million euros or that you're not going to sign anyone else. I can't understand that the sports director has not had a single press conference in two seasons. I just find that incredible and shameful for him. I mean, we, th- there is absolutely no clue of what the planning is besides um, what information some journalists seem to have or are making up and some of the things that Simeone is, is, is uh, slipping uh, basically in the off season to foreign press. I don't think that's, that's true. And whenever you, you've seen, like, for example, even when Aransubia signed, none of the press, they had, you know, talked about him weeks before, but it, you know, they, they talked about the night before, I think, that we had signed Moya and we had an agreement for Moya, and that's what most of the media in Spain were reporting. 
And then the very next day, it's like, oh no, it's Adam Sevilla. Oh, the goalkeeper issue. Yeah. You sell all your goalkeepers. You bring in a young goalkeeper, the uh, the Moroccan kid, um, Bono, who seems to be a huge talent. And then you sign someone who is a veteran um, and is going to push uh, Bono away from um, having minutes. I just can't understand it. I mean, everything around the planning is is just um, uh, contrary to common sense, or at least that's what um, uh, many fans have the feeling. And 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 you feel bad because you're complaining in these years where um, everything seems to go well for Atletico, but um, basically when things go well is when you should be planning for the for for the future, and and we don't seem to be. Um, I think the goalkeeper situation can be explained because, you know, there was a transition of sporting directors. Asenjo was signed by the previous, you know, uh, by Pitarch. And then, you know, he got his injury. Some, some explaining should be made. But but then, like, okay, Asenjo, he wants to play. He wants to start. He's tired of being a backup. Okay. Fine. And it, apparently he hasn't convinced Simeone and, and the current regime, basically. So, all right, he's gone. And then you have uh, Joel. I, I don't think he ever... Uh, it doesn't seem like, you know, he ever convinced Simeone either. A bit a bit of surprise, because we always heard about his quality, you know, and, and uh, he was coveted in, in, in Europe and in England, for example. And uh, who else? Uh, and then there's Roberto that we mm-hmm. sign and immediately loan him out. Where it seems like okay, Roberto it makes sense that a, a goalkeeper of his caliber isn't gonna want to be a backup. But, but just to, stop and think what you did, just did. Um, you're playing memory games with Atletico goalkeeping. It's like um, yeah, but how many are there? Six. Um, we're talking about six names in a summer. And we're yeah, yeah. keeping the yeah, only yeah, one that yeah. isn't ours. It's like but we're gonna my, play the goalkeeper that isn't. Is they can kind of be explained in a way, you know. Like there's yeah. Some yeah. No, no, I, I do understand, but um, it, uh, among the Spanish uh, followers, um, there's a saying called um, "This is another hatingada." That means that it's another one of those hatinga plays where um, we have a last-minute sale that leaves the uh, the team uh, limp. Uh, on or limping on 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 a certain position, and that's just the feeling everywhere that there is no planning made, and that um, Atletico is just a transaction club where agents are are moving players, so so um, their value uh, raises, and they can move them to another team. It's like um, we're we're somersaulting players to to. Um, other teams, or or we're helping um, uh, third-party organizations to make money from from owning player rights. Um, but then you have you have for next season, for example, in the goalkeeping uh, department. Okay, Courtois, most likely that's it. You know, he's going to go back to Chelsea. And then the idea, I suppose, is for Roberto to come back. And then you have a, a tested goalkeeper in Roberto, and then he'll be backed up. By Bono, right? Who has not that? played a single okay. minute, and we might even loan, or we're going to play him in Slave. Yeah. It's like right. I don't know. I, I I see I see too many shady things there. But mm, hell, I, I I get your point. I I know there must be some logic behind that, but it's just a bit frustrating from the supporter point of view. But yeah, it looks crazy. It looks crazy. Yeah. It looks chaotic. And uh, well, uh, we, um, I interrupted you when you were talking about Demichelis, and maybe Demichelis is one of the most explainable cases. You buy, you you get uh, a free transfer player, and and all of a sudden, uh, a team with a lot of money is is a player short, and they're offering you this huge amount of cash for a player you just signed for free. Let's just take the money and run. I can understand that. Yeah, I can understand it from the front office perspective, but then there's Simeone planning, you know, his preseason. Yeah. He's giving minutes. He's giving minutes. A player like Demichelis, precious minutes, because we only had a couple of preseason games, right? So he's giving these minutes to Demichelis in preseason instead of to somebody like Jimenez, you know, or another defender that's 
gonna play in Champions League, Copa del Rey, and and La Liga with us this season. So it's kind of like, all right, I planned around this guy, I convinced him to come, and now he's gonna leave, and I have to, you know, do, you know, like basically prepare somebody a lot quicker than than expected when you already had a plan. Simeone had the Michelis. There was no reason to believe that after signing a player like that, that, you know, weeks later he was going to be on, or, or like tempted to be on his way out right away. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anything you want to add, um, Susan, on on the crazy signing front? No, I don't really have to add that much. I, I'm following the whole transfer movement as, um, as I'm always writing a, an article on Friday for uh, Madrid Atleticos about the transfer rumors of the of the week, and uh, it's. So well, yeah, you've been you've been quite busy with that all 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 summer long. Yeah, it was, it was it's quite quite crazy because. And yeah, I was going to tell you that it's, it's really crazy to go back and read uh, some of the previous weeks because players just go in and go out of that um, list with absolutely no logic. Yeah, it's quite quite funny. Uh, I think there was were some weeks where I was like, where I was reading, in sp especially at the beginning of the summer break when we are still behind Tulalan. Um, it was like and Negredo. It was like, uh, yeah, Tulalan will be signed on Monday, and then Tuesday <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, he will come for before uh, in front of the end of the week. He missed the train. He missed the yeah. train. It's coming. <laughs> and it, it, it's coming, and it, it's like uh, Tulalan signed for Monaco. What? <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, we forgot to tell you, you he, he caught another train. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's quite, quite kind of strange. It, it looks like like uh, Atleti is always always going for some players, but waiting too long. I don't know. Maybe they're waiting to make a good a good bill to get a little bit a little discount on the play. I don't know. But it happened with Turalan. It happened uh, yes, uh, now as well with with Capoue. Um it was one million that was missing for Capway. Yeah, and, well, uh, even even Benteke, we we've we've seen Benteke score two goals um, this weekend against Arsenal. And talking about Arsenal, I can't um, uh, I, I can't stop uh, bringing Adrian to the table because I've got a soft spot for Adrian, and um, I would really. I would I would really feel sorry if um, Adrian left the team. It would, I think it would be a, a really big disappointment from the point of view of um, I I really think that he's a player that could have performed much better and, and I, I I was still waiting for Adrian to recover and be the the Adrian we we marveled about in his uh, first season and. Um, I really have to uh, bring it to the table today. And uh, Gary isn't here. He's such a sore Adrian hater. Um, I don't know if if you guys feel the same about Adrian or or if um, uh, some team comes with 18 million euros. It's like way over his his market value. I I really think that his value is is right about there, or maybe even higher. Um, I really think uh, Adrian can be a special player. Uh, I think, you know, market value depends on performance. And in this case, you have a player that's underperformed for over a year now. You know what I mean? So it's like... So you would, you would tell him to let him go? I love Adrian, you know, and I always and I'll fondly remember his breakout season when he first came to Atleti. But uh, I'm, I'm fresh out of hope and I, I hate to say it because I defended him and I waited and waited, you know, every week last season for him to, to come back. But he's just he didn't look good in the preseason. You know what I mean? It just uh, I guess we can agree as long as we don't put the money in the same drawer we left the Falcao money. <laughs> <laughs> if we use a different door for <laughs> for stashing the cash, uh, I, I would want to test Cholo there. You know what I mean? If I were the the board, you mean I give would, him the money? <laughs> yeah, I'd say just straight up put it in his bank account. Here you go. You know, buy yourself a car, buy yourself a and whatever else you need. Uh, seriously, what what would you do about Adrian? Well, um, I'm probably not being objective here, and I can see your point. I'm uh, I'm 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 not sure. The the thing is, uh, what 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 make what what 
makes me think about about something. Something must I don't know. Something must have happened because um, at start of the of the summer break was like, yeah, we have to keep Adrian. He's so important for Cholo. And now all those rumors about Letty wanting to sell him if the if the offer offer comes. Um, I don't know. It seems like Cholo has lost his faith in him. I don't know. Um, actually, if it's 18 million, I would let him go. Although I, I like Adrian, but I'm sure Jorge Mendez is playing this um, two-season-old video over and over again, <laughs> and, and someone is just going to buy it sooner or later and saying, "Wow, I really want this player." <laughs> he might benefit from a change of scenery, though. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. A fresh start. He was displaced by Costa's amazing performance last year, the the way that Costa played. And you know what I think really affected him uh, last season was that Falcao wasn't playing in the UEFA games, remember? Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we would play with this replacement side when in the first season all our UEFA games featured Diego, Arda, Falcao, and then Adrián was a, kind of a supporting cast member there. And... Obviously, he's going to benefit a lot more from the presence of those types of players versus the backup players where, you know, there was a lot more pressure on him to be the star last year. And to lead and and push the team forward, yeah. Right, and then because he didn't, confidence goes down. Diego Costa, you know, overperformed, and he was just displaced. And now it's amazing. Somebody like Leo Batistao, who at the beginning of the summer was said, you know, they were saying that, that Cholo wanted to loan him out because he didn't feel he was ready. Now he, he jumped over Adrian, and it was very telling yesterday that it was Batistao that came in for Villa as opposed to Adrian. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, completely, I, I, I agree completely. Well, um, this has gone lo- um, on for longer than I expected. Let's quickly wrap this up. Talking about the Super Cup and the Rayo Vallecano upcoming match, mm, I think Super Cup has to come first, and we'll quickly talk about the Rayo Vallecano match. Super Cup, mm, optimistic? Is it even possible to, to win the thing? I say after Santiago Bernabeu last May, I can believe in flying. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I believe that we could pull anything off right now. I think we could pull anything off. Uh, obviously, the way that Barcelona played this weekend, or I mean, if you want to, you know, feel better, the how poorly Levante played, you know. But you see a scoreline like seven nothing, and you see Barcelona just absolutely thrashing. Okay, but, uh, so so we're probably not going to score seven goals um, on Levante when they when they visit us, and it's going to be a much tighter result. But um, I think that Atletico Madrid is a type of side that Barcelona isn't too keen on playing because um, they're the type of team that is uncomfortable for a team like Barcelona. Right, and we got weapons. We got the type of people that can, you know, score goals in big games against big opponents, and they've shown that they can do that. We've become a very strong side defensively, and that might make a difference. But on the other hand, you say Messi, you say Pedro, you say Iniesta, you say Neymar. It's like they keep out... um, uh, bringing out ace cards and you're like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a, bit a double deck here. <laughs> it's exasperating to dwell on it, really, when you think about the way that you know. Well, what Simeone was touching on yesterday as well. We didn't mention it. We talked about the boring comment about the Liga, but the fact that you know the revenue stream through the the TV rights that allows Barca, they they probably wouldn't even need that TV money to make the signings that they make, mm-hmm. but they get it anyway, so they can afford to sign somebody for whatever a billion you know euros and then just throw them on the bench for the first game you know what i mean and it's it's not fair it's just frustrating yeah true uh susan well actually um when when we were playing the final in bucharest it was like everyone was saying yeah fatik will will do that when we were playing the the the, the super cup we have a super cup in monaco I think, we were I saying, think, well, yeah, yeah the super cup is, is probably the thing that gives me the the biggest amount of hope how we crushed that chelsea and it was just such a huge favorite over atleti well even inter milan in the in the previous one but um to keep it in a more recent record um uh, uh, how confident we were that that day um, at, at Monaco. I think I think um, 
confidence is a factor here, right? Yeah, and I think we we should we should be showed a lot of times now that being the 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 the, uh, the team that is not supposed to win, or it's not the favorite to win, is yeah, a role that fits that that fits us quite good. Because playing the underdog role. Yeah, the underdog role is something that that Atletico has uh, has done well in playing in, uh, for the last two years. So why not? I think it will be difficult. Uh, with Messi and all the quality players Barcelona has, but it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you you want to add, Martin? Oh no. Okay. I hope we I hope we destroy them. <laughs> and the next time we we talk, we'll have um, face Rayo Vallecano, a very um, decent Rayo Vallecano, um, uh, who won Elche tonight, and. Uh, um, it was a it was an interesting match because the Nigeth brothers were playing one against the others. Yeah, Nigeth. I I defy you guys to pronounce that. Uh, I'll have a better I'll have a better time for I want to hear Suzanne try that. Oh yeah. Oh no! Oh no! No no no! <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very I'm very happy about Saul having the chance to play a full season at Rayo Vallecano, and and that's basically what I wanted to talk about um, when mentioning Rayo Vallecano. I think that Rayo Vallecano is a fantastic place to um, loan players because they're in the area where um, sports director um, can visit him, uh, visit the players that we loan out on a constant basis, and and. Um, uh, as long as Rayo Vallecano is in first uh, division, it's going to be a very competitive environment, and they're going to have uh, playing time. And um, we just have to uh, go back to the Diego Costa example to see how how good it can be for a player. We have other examples like Pulido and Joel who didn't um, work out that well, but um, uh, well, they got playing time. You yes, know, I, I think that it made such a difference for Diego Costa, and Diego Costa was on his way out uh, before Rayo Vallecano, and I think we can even thank Rayo Vallecano for recovering Diego Costa and bringing, a, bringing him up to the next level and preparing him to compete at Atletico Madrid. I think that his, his month there made a huge difference and made all the difference um, for staying at, at Atletico, and right now we're benefiting from from this uh, partnership we have with Rayo Vallecano, so hell, I say, let's loan them who, uh, uh, whatever player we want to develop. Yep, and then one thing to mention is that Saul picked up an assist today, didn't he? And one of the goals for Rayo. Yeah, I haven't had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he yeah. got an assist. And then uh, it was also interesting to see, uh, uh, I re- do you remember this canterano, Alberto Perea? Oh, yes. That's the only thing I saw. Yeah, he scored a goal today, and it's interesting to see. I think he was contemporary with Cedric, or about that time. I, I, I like Cedric so much, and uh, um, I uh, really Kike, like, Kike ruined his Atleti. He like yeah, totally like, um, twenty minutes uh, playing time because he um, he made a penalty on his uh, first five minutes on the pitch or something like that. He never played again. It's like yes. a type of decisions that. Um, I don't think are are very good for. Well, I think they're devastating for a player, but um, I really think they they're they're a stain on on a coach's record. It reminds me too what Del Bosque did with Juan Fran um, when right. he was playing for the national team. It's like the one single error, and it, they just wipe you from from the slate. And well, guys, I I think we can um, more or less uh, wrap the wrap this up. And um, I want to thank you guys. Um, Season four starts today, and it was great um, kicking off with you guys. Um, Martin, you, did you want to mention something else before we? Well, when you mentioned Del Bosque, I just I'd like to give myself a huge pat on the back for convincing him to take Koke in this last follow-up. Because when he was here in Miami, I grilled him about. So you know, I got my chance to talk, and and I grilled him about that. <laughs> funny because I was like, uh, have, have you considered any, you know, Atletico Copa del Rey champions? You know, I made sure to point it out that we had freshly won the Copa del Rey. Did you consider any of the Copa del Rey champions uh, for this last call-up when, when they came here to the U.S.? 
and he mentioned Coque by name, saying that you know they had they placed a lot of, or he has a lot of uh, expectations from him. Oh, so he's asking if if Coque is going to put the shirt in the museum. I think he should put the flag that he left on on the Santa Rosa pitch. That has oh, space in the museum. Oh yeah. <laughs> what about? Hey, they have Kike Sanchez Flores blue uh, blue shirt from the from Hamburg. They should put the flag on top. Cedric's jersey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, um, I, I don't know. I, I think that um, it's it's great to see Koke on the national team, but. If I'm totally honest, I I can't see him going back. And uh, once they they recover the um, the injured player or the the players that they were resting, uh, to be completely honest, but I'm a, I'm a sort of a Del Bosque hater, and I'm confessing right now that I am. Uh, I'm I'm not very happy with with the treatment that Atletico gets by Vicente Del Bosque. Yeah, you can follow me now for that comment. Uh, <laughs> So, guys, as I was saying, thank you. Thanks a million for um, helping kick off uh, season four of the Saleti. And this show is so special because you guys make it special. And uh, Martin, thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. Really looking forward to talking to you soon, Susan. um, Great to talk to you. Um, I've seen that you've just posted your Dia Después post, and I didn't want to miss the chance to to plug your excellent uh, piece for Madrid Atleticos. So please go visit madridatleticos.com and read Suzanne and her, her excellent um, piece. And, uh, of course, um, this this podcast wouldn't even be possible without um, the incredible uh, crews of both madridatleticos.com and atleticofans.com. And as, as always, we'll be posting... Um, their websites in the in the show notes. Before we finish, I would like to send a gigantic shout out to all the great fans abroad that make the international community of Atleti so awesome. And thanks to all the Atleticos por el mundo. We would like to specially dedicate this season opener to our closer friends, Danny, Robel, Derek, Florian, Gary, Hurt, Maze, Marihel, Vicentico, Maria, Billy, and what the hell ourselves. Um, welcome to season four. We promise to be better than ever, and we hope the team follows our example. Alpaletti, thank you very much, everyone. So this wraps up another episode of Red and White Passion. Remember to send your views by Twitter at This Is Atleti, Facebook on Facebook.com slash This Is Atleti, or by email on info at This Is Atleti.com. If you're a new listener, we hope you enjoyed the show and that you will continue to listen to us. You can subscribe to the podcast or download it via iBox or iTunes. Thank you for Southletting. If you would like to advertise on This Is Atleti, contact us via email on info at thisisatleti.com.